0: The Lord be with you, everyone. And I want to share with you this week a very simple message, um, but I believe it's needed. Uh, It's a text I've visited many times, and I'm sure I've referenced it here. Uh, And yet I, I want to return to it. It is just gazing at Jesus in one sense. It's in Isaiah, the book of the prophet Isaiah, and chapter 9, and in verse 6, he says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful. Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. It is obviously one of the most blatant prophecies in the Old Testament concerning Jesus. And it begins with that phrase, uh, which in itself is amazing, considering it was written 700 years before he came. But it says, unto us a child is born speaking of the fact that we are looking at a genuine human whose passport into the human race is that he is born in the womb of the virgin and comes through a birth canal and arrives with the cry of the newborn. A child is born, yet at the selfsame moment, that child who is born, says Isaiah, unto us a son is given it is the son of god who cannot be born he is the unbegun son of god who is the gift of god god giving god and he comes and he is the very center of our life and faith right now and it is saying his name his name and to the hebrew people as i know we've talked about before the name of a person was not merely the handle by which they were called you know uh my name malcolm it happens to have some pretty deep meaning but i know my parents didn't know that uh they they uh, it was a good sounding sound to go with smith and, and so they chose it thus that's what we do in the west but in the these cultures of the bible when a name was given it was looked upon as a window into the soul of the person it spoke of what god himself was doing and in fact was within this person and so when it comes to the name of jesus it is a multiple of names for they are not names by which to call a person but names to describe the very heart and being of that person And so, it's that first one, wonderful. His name shall be called Wonderful. And so, in the light of what I just said, this one that we're speaking of, the essence of who he truly is, is summed up in the name Wonderful. Wonderful. Now, that's a word that is quite a prominent word in Scripture, it's not always translated wonderful it's um what shall I say? Obviously, it has the meaning shall I say the surface meaning that we would attach to it wonderful, the ultimate surprise, and we respond with wonderful that that would be the first possible meaning of the word, but it's got in it a much deeper meaning of being unexpected. Something is happening that is beyond the horizon of my expectations. You know, I I can expect and then I can expect, but that's pushing it. Uh, When I say this word, this Bible word, wonderful, it means that it is beyond the possible of all our expectations. And so another word to describe it would be incomprehensible. That is, I look at whatever we're talking about and there's no file in my mind to even begin to understand this. So I tend to look foolish and just stand with open mouth. I stand dumb, speechless. All that is within this word wonderful. So it means that which is beyond human thought beyond human capability. Uh, actually, in one place in Scripture, it is translated as too hard. Uh, do you remember, um, it's Jeremiah, where he says, is anything too hard for the Lord? That's this word, only is given that other translation. Too hard. It, it means for a human being, this is too hard to even imagine, let alone attempt to do But is anything too hard for the Lord? He is the specialist in wonder. In fact, wonder is his normal. And so here it is. Wonder, his name should be called Wonderful. He's beyond all possible. He's beyond all imagination. He causes astonishment. He leaves me bewildered. And all I can say is marvelous. There's that other scripture from Isaiah which addresses this when speaking of this day in which we live and scanning the ages prior to, he comes with this. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither entered into the heart of men what God has reserved for those who love him. There it is again, you see. It, when we come to this one, we, we, we feel a holy confusion because we don't have a file for this. I, I can't control this because I don't know how it works. I just stand before Jesus and I say, Wonderful, what manner of man is this? You see, science can't explain because for science to have an experiment or to talk about something as for real scientifically, this got, it's got to happen more than once. Well, this no, you say, I, I stand before Jesus and he is the one of a kind in all of history. There's never been anything like this. We stand before Jesus and we can only say, wonderful. And when we say his name, be very careful to understand what it's saying. It is not merely that he did wonderful things, though he did. And when I say wonderful there, I mean it in the way that I've just explained. He did physical, material acts that belong in the realm of wonder. But what it's saying here, his name shall be called wonderful that is in his very person, who he is. Apart from anything that he is going to do, he, the person, is wonderful. Why do I emphasize this? Because, quite frankly, the church, many believers, have lost the sense of wonder. There's a terrible ho-hum about it all. Uh, jesus is simply taken for granted and even left to your imagination because no one seems to even bother to be wondered by it look i i was reading the the uh when the shepherds outside of bethlehem uh, and the angels come to them and um remember they said they bring this, this great news that unto us this baby has been born, and they described him um, as the the Lord, which of course by now you know what I mean by that. It's the Old Testament name of God, I Am, uh, the I Am Messiah. And then they go on and say, you will find the baby wrapped in cloths of strips of cloth lying in a feeding trough. Now, that that burst my head. Just a minute, did I hear it? I am the name of God, name of creator, name of upholder of all that is. I am the self-sufficient, the one who is life in himself. I am Messiah, the long-promised deliverer, savior. And you'll find him in a feeding trough and when you see him he'll be a little newborn babe wrapped in strips of cloth i don't know what that does to you but it arrested me as i read it and i caught this wonder that this this is the person who is the center of our faith he is god <clears throat> Weigh the words It is God himself, the creator, who for his love for us has come inside our humanity, inside this human stuff that you and I share as humans. He has joined us in this pool of human existence and right in the middle of it, And the pool of human existence, since Adam has been tainted, corrupted, rotting with lie, the darkness that the accuser brings, that that posits that God is separate from us, that he is the judge, the punisher that all we can do is cower before him and hope to find the formula with which to get his attention and please him in some fashion and in that ghastly darkness there came the real God and in the middle of the darkness revealed that he is love that he is not remote, he is not separated, he is not disinterested, he is here in the middle of us sharing in our humanity. Huh, that's a wonder. In the world of religion, that rocks it to the core. God, do you realize this, this is one of the main problems? We have a idea of God. we, We have a certain belief system as to who God is and what he's like and what he's about to do. Do you realize it is those belief systems that we have as to the character of God that keep us away from him? Well, what I just said there before, that the darkness That lie of Satan injected into the human race back in Genesis 3. You realize that humans believe that. that That's their belief system, that they got straight from Satan. That God is up. He's remote. He's over. He's a was. He's a will be. But he's not here. He doesn't love us, at least, even if I I think he might, I'm suspicious, I never know he might change his mind. I never know if there's another God behind the God I'm talking about who will jump out and lash his claws at me. If you believe that, you're full of fear. And if you believe he loves to punish, that, that he waits to pounce... If you believe that his essence is that he is judged to condemn and that that leaves you a meltdown mess of fears guilt and shame it's what you believe about god that results in the way we are and what this is this wonderful is that god the real god came into that darkness came where we are, and there he is. He canceled forever any idea that God was separated from us. He he couldn't be closer. He's breathing through our nose. He's hearing through our ears. He's sitting at breakfast eating our porridge. He's one of the human family. He came. Nine months in the womb, a babe born, but he is I am. He is Messiah. And he comes to love us. Compassion is one of the key words to Jesus' life. He saw the people in their ignorance and their mental darkness. He saw what religion did to them, and it says he was moved with compassion and began to teach them. He saw the sick, and it says he was moved with compassion to heal them. And to see how what religion has done has separated us from this God. They tell us he doesn't want to do that anymore, that he changed his mind. is off there, and we can be sick as dogs, and he doesn't care. We've lost our wonder. We've reduced Jesus to some solemn, miserable, religious figure. And of course, in in revealing God himself into our darkness, he reveals who we are. Because you see, if if I believe all that other stuff about God, well, then what do I believe about myself? That I'm a hopeless wretch, that I'm, I'm guilty, guilty, guilty. I'm no good. I'm separated from God and he doesn't like me. And so I hate myself. I loathe myself. And the best I can do when I think of myself as being pious and holy is to say I'm unworthy, I'm unworthy, I'm no good. You know, that doesn't fit, does it, to the wonderful? Apparently, this wonderful one that blows our mind says that we our worth saving into the family of God. In fact, for that we were created and he has come to lift the lie from our eyes to reveal to us who we truly are, that we were created to be the sons and daughters of God, beloved of limitless worth, we we were worth his coming to be with us at every level. Hmm, that didn't go down well in religion, but Jesus never has. His wonder just leaves us speechless. I mean, can can you take in what I just said? Because I was speaking about you. You you're the you you are worth his leaving to come and get you. You are worth God being incarnate and born of the Virgin Mary. You were worth it. You are the delight and the fascination of the Father who sent the Son, whose name is wonderful, and sent the Holy Spirit to open our eyes in this 21st century. That love Himself should dwell inside our humanity, our flesh, and through the Spirit give that love to us, so that we might participate in God Himself. Now that's that's wonderful news. You say His name is wonderful, just by boo, who He is, and just um, let, me, let me say this: to bless. God came to bless us. We don't talk about it very much, but it's there. He came to bless. But the word bless, it means to kneel before. That is, if I bless you, I give you such honor that I kneel before you may behold your head as I do so in order to bestow upon you the blessing. It's quite a picture, you know, especially when you think that God would bless us and in so doing, shall I call it, the great stoop of God, that God stooped, uh, that is, he knelt down and he came where we are. God, I mean, you see, when I try to say that, I'm speechless. That God, our Creator, our Upholder, He who is the cement of all that is, comes and kneels before us. I mean, those words stick in my mouth. God comes and kneels before us to serve us with His infinite love. And if you think I'm making that up, in that great passage in John chapter 13, where Jesus comes to the supreme moment when he knows exactly who he is and he knows what he must do in saving us and opening our eyes in the midst of the darkness. And what does he do? He kneels literally before each disciple and washes their feet This is central. It goes back, that baby in the feeding trough is none other than I am Messiah. And he's a baby? I I would expect someone that would appear like a superhero. Something, an explosion, and when the smoke clears, you see he's here. No, no. A baby, a baby, a helpless baby, like any other baby who doesn't even know he's here. Such is the stoop of God. Not only God being God, but God who has stooped and now is in a feeding trough, in a truck stop in Bethlehem. Wonderful. I, my breath is taken away at the very thought. God has stooped to be where we are, but then stooped to serve us with his love. It is no wonder that one of the key words to the Gospels, though I've never heard a sermon on it, but they constant in the Gospels, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, they constantly report the response of all who heard and came into contact with Jesus. And they report that his words and his actions, the response of all the people was, and I use the words that are in your Bible, amazement. They were astounded. They were astonished. They were perplexed. Uh, Yeah. You know, when you really meet Jesus, you have that reaction amazement, astonishment, perplexity sometimes. And the tragedy is that not everybody has met Jesus, they've met a parody of him, a caricature in 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 some religious outfit, and have walked away disgusted and say they want nothing to do with Jesus, but they've never met Jesus they've only met well whatever, but when I meet Jesus, it takes my breath away, takes all my arguments away. I come prepared to do debate with this Jesus, and end up being astonished and perplexed. The love of God, who is now with us in Jesus, is an actual personal force that puts his arms around us just by our being in his presence. And he loves us and takes all the breath out of us. You see, these words I just gave you, amazement, astounded, astonished, these words are very specific words in the language of the Bible. <clears throat> they mean in plain English to be thrown outside of one's mind and senses so as to have no control. Now, if you think about it, that's about right. It's what happens when we say we're amazed or astonished. For that moment, we we've been thrown outside of our mind. In fact, have you ever used the term, I was beside myself? What do you mean? Well, you were thrown out. And now you're beside yourself, and that meant you've lost your mind for a moment, you say well, It's the same idea in English. Thrown outside of one's mind. And your senses, you're thrown outside your senses in that you really don't know how to react to this. In one sense, you could burst into tears of joy. At other, you you just stand speechless. You you don't know It's those words. And to have no self-control, ah, that's it. Wonder takes away self-control. You're no longer in control because you don't know what's going on and you can't set this person into a scientific safe zone. He is who he is, and that is doesn't fit in my ideas of what can be. So, I'm, what would be another phrase, thrown off balance. That would be a good one, thrown off balance. I'm all wobbly because who is he? It's upset my ordered, predictable world. You know what I mean by that? See, I I had everything in place. I knew what I believed and everything that I believed because of what I believed there at the center. And now that's all been, everything's been thrown off. He throws all my belief systems that religion taught me and my ancestors gave me, and I in my own confusion made up, He throws all my belief systems into total disarray. They're all over the place, like, like a hurricane came through. I'm at a loss for words, and I always know what to say, but not now. His presence has canceled all fear. So in this confusion and disarray, I'm not afraid. I don't know what I am, but I'm not afraid. And and as I begin to realize what is happening, that this person, this Jesus, is really God I am, who has actually joined the human race and is now my brother human. And therefore my confusion is replaced by ecstasy. And I use that term carefully. Wild joy or rejoicing is another good Bible word. I am now surprised by joy that such a person ever exists and exists and is known to me and knows me and loves me. The Old Testament word for this has been greatly misunderstood. it's a phrase and actually it's a phrase that should be hyphenated it's it's the the word the the fear of the lord and i say hyphenated you know after fear you should put a hyphen and after of and, and it's almost one word the fear of the lord and of course the word lord there should be translated i am the fear of the i am um, you can't put it that in the same category as the fear of spiders, you see. It, it's, this is totally different. And it, it all goes back to that word fear. The word fear is totally neutral. Um, it, it depends what you're fearing or who you're fearing. The word fear, and this is in Webster's Dictionary. You'll find it in the Oxford Dictionary, you folk in the UK. Um, the, the word fear means to stand in awe of. It means to worship. Did you know that? When you are terrified of, it's because you stand in awe of them and you worship them in the sense that you believe they are going to achieve their agenda of malignancy toward you. Therefore, you cower before it. You're terrified of a disease because you believe. You believe in the disease and and you give it honor and say, you are going to kill me and therefore I'm terrified of it. Well, the fear of I am is I stand in awe and speechless wonder that such a God is God who is like you because he is love and he's going to fulfill his agenda to me and in me I'm stunned into worship, filled with unspeakable joy, throwing me into a lifestyle of joy filled wonder. That's the fear of the Lord, but it it fits. He came he who is the fear yeah do do, do you understand that he who is it now I stand before him and, and Fearing Jesus, in the sense I've just given you, means I don't fear anything else. He's a fear that covers everything, because his name is wonderful. Look, it's, it's everywhere. Moses, the shepherd, looking after his sheep in the Sinai wilderness, and then the bush burns, but it doesn't burn. And out from the bush comes the voice of I am. In fact, that's where the, he announced his name as I am. Well, you do understand that at that point, Moses forgot about sheep. Uh, you, you get that. He, he's not worried as to where the sheep are because in the presence of I am, well, that that sort of blots out everything else. It's amazement. I'm outside of my senses. I'm confronting the wonderful. And Peter, jumping to the New Testament when he first met with Jesus, and there's that catch of fish, and Peter suddenly puts two and two together and realizes something of the wonderful and his reaction was depart from me i'm a sinful man peter was good at that he he would just blurt out the first thing that came to his mouth and all he can think of i'm in the presence of god and i'm not worthy it's interesting jesus didn't seem to hear him he's not interested in all that religious not worthy stuff and he just goes on to tell peter his destiny is from henceforth you shall not be catching fish, you'll be catching men for the glory of God. But did you see the point? At that point, though there's a catch of fish that is liable to sink the boat, Peter didn't care. He, he fell down. His, his life was caught up in the wonder of Jesus. As, as Thomas, after the resurrection, just fell at his feet and says, "'My Lord, my God.'" I think the neatest one, if you're looking for this sort of thing, would be Saul of Tarsus. And I know he was the persecutor of the church, big time. But why was he the persecutor of the church? It was because of what he believed about God. You see, that's always the case. Um, His belief system demanded that he do what he did. And what happened a light shines upon him out from the heaven and he sees in that glory of God he sees what must have looked like a silhouette of a young man about his own age and he heard the voice of the young man saying Saul Saul why are you persecuting me and and he he's that that's enough to make anybody you know outside of their senses, but he's laying flat on his face in the damascus road and, and he says, "Who are you, Lord?" And he hears the words, "I am Jesus whom you're persecuting I, I I love that his entire at that moment, his entire life and all his degrees in theology were in a shambles. His entire belief system concerning God, man, and salvation, and hope had all gone to part. They're finished, over. The theologian now is confused because the name that came from the glory of God was Jesus, connected with I Am. Hmm wonder. As I say, we don't see much wonder among believers these days. Wonder to wonder. That's my response. His name is wonderful. My response to that is I I am struck with wonder. It, It demands humility. A humility that some find hard to have because you see it's admitting that whatever I'm looking at and calling wonderful is beyond my intellect the level of my intellectual knowing and learning I've come to something that I have to say I don't know I've come to something to say I can't work this out who? You know, children find that very easy. They're, they are absolutely unashamed in their humility and wonder. And, and so they see a baby raccoon and their eyes bug out of their heads and they shout with joy just because they've never seen it before and they don't know really what it is. But they're in a state of wonder. And if a human being adult sees something they've never seen before, they hide their wonder and say, oh, interesting. Because they would never let their God down to admit to anybody there's something they don't know. And that's why this adult mask keeps us from knowing God. No, I cannot explain Jesus. I can only worship him. I can only find my very innermost being falling down and just saying, wonderful. And to have no problem telling you, I I don't know, all I can do is report who he is and to ask him to reveal himself in the depth of my being. And it's taken me 66 years of ministry to tell you that, I don't know. All I know is he is wonderful. All I know is that he is who he is and he is who he is right now inside of me and inside of you revealing himself. And I know that he's the blueprint of my existence. I know that he is the meaning of my existence. God inside my human flesh. Wonder, you see, is becoming vulnerable to what we're looking at. I, you know, I've, I've got no defense. I can't even explain, so I've got some control. I'm just stunned. You see, wonder, it takes us to the edge of thought, the edge of imagination and the edge of all my experience. I, I can't go any further. I've never been there before. But then wonder throws us off the cliff throws us out of our safety zone and we fly into new possible beyond all that we've ever dreamed or thought. See, Jesus takes you to the edge of all religious thought and then blessedly throws you over and you begin to fly in the wonder that God has joined us and forever canceled all thoughts of separation. And that has changed our lives. And of course, wonder fills every part of our life. It's it's not just a little tiny space that we, we've separated off for being religious. Wonder, because wonder is not religion. In fact, wonder is the greatest enemy of religion. Or religion's the greatest enemy of wonder, I should have said. No, wonder fills every part of life and rearranges us at our heart level and causes us to re-see everything in the light of who God is, that he should join us and be one of us. It's, um. when I say, you know, he fills every part of us, you and I are very complex beings. And when I say wonder fills us, please, please just hesitate a moment to look at your own self and say that I am fearfully and wonderfully made, says Psalm, what is it, 138 Um I'm fearfully, fearfully, that in Old Testament, fear of the Lord, I am fearfully and wonderfully, in the word we're using, made. I look at myself and I don't understand me. But I I realize that I'm I'm a, a creature of cells and genes and 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 the energies that work in my body down through pathways of energy and life, I, I am so complex. But the wonder, the wonder of who this Jesus is fills all of that. And every cell of my body must stand back and let this wonder become the controlling factor of my existence even though it rearranges everything you know established patterns in my brain you know those throughways in my brain those major highways where thoughts zoom along faster than the speed of light well that's all got to be changed one look at jesus and the wonder that god has joined me in the highways of my brain, he has joined me in the atomic structure of my emotions. He dwells in the physical organs of my body. this wonder he's come into my human. That changes everything. Changes me at my heart level. Changes the meaning of life. And I hate to say it again so quickly, but... All my belief systems of a God separated from me that's not for me, a God who's ready to punish me, is gone. Because he's here. The real God is here in Jesus and inside of me through his Holy Spirit. And he's walking through my life and saying, you are forgiven, you are accepted, you are the beloved son, you're the beloved daughter, The Father puts his arms around you. And I suddenly realize what happens to all that darkness I've lived with all these years, all that despair and depression. For he has come and he dwells now, closer than breathing, assuring me of acceptance. Hmm. Everything else goes out of focus in order to now be brought into line with this wonder. Nothing else matters. See, I'm Moses before the burning bush, nothing matters. I'm like soil of Tarsus, everything I ever believed has been flushed down the toilet. I, I feel, you see, wonder demands that I get bigger eyes to see what, what I can't take in with these eyes. I, I need a new vocabulary because I'm speechless, groping for words to say what's happening. some, I feel immobile. I, you know, I've got to tell somebody about this. I've got to text somebody. I've got to put this on Twitter. I mean. My life has changed. This moment wherein I realize, wonderful, this moment has become my new world, my new possible, my new normal. Everything has forever changed. And and this, let, let me say this, this never stops. Never stops. Because I meet people who say, well, I met Jesus 40 years ago. Yeah, I can see that, man. You look as bored as a religious scribe. Um, no, this... this, I, I'm not giving any time like saying happens every day or anything like that. All I know is that my journal or whatever you want to call what I write about myself in relation to God every day... It is pepper and salted with moments of wonder. And some of them, are they span days as I've seen something, seen something in the person of Jesus that yet further opens up my life to him. Other times, it's just like a strike of lightning when I see something, and there it is, almost burned the page to write it. Um, our life is full of wonder John John you know John the disciple the apostle who wrote the gospel of John do you remember when he wrote Revelation he wrote Revelation the book of Revelation around AD ninety, ninety-two. 92 so he had been with Jesus what it would have been back in in AD 30 31 And so that was 60 years before. So in 60 years, he has had revelation. He has insight. Of course, he was actually with Jesus. He was very special with Jesus. He was known as the one that Jesus loved. And so John knew all about wonder. And yet, in 1892, when he... Sees Jesus, the one he's known for sixty years. He fell at his feet as one dead because the wonder of the presence of Jesus just left him weak and helpless for words. It's wonder. So God has revealed himself in Jesus, and we are revealed as to who we are in our relationship to him, he does it all. And I say again, I guess I'm liking the phrase that our belief systems are all shattered. To be replaced by the one faith, which is the faith of Jesus that he shares with us through the Holy Spirit. We, we come to... The Scripture is different now, Because every promise of God was actually delivered to Jesus. He is God who made the promises to himself when he would incarnate and become a human to read the scripture and listen to it. But now he to whom all the promises were made, has received all the promises, fulfilled all the promises, and invites us now to participate in them with him. And so in knowing him as wonderful, we receive a new book. You see, you don't go to the Bible to find God. Oh, that's terrible, isn't it? Probably stop listening to me for saying that. The, the 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 Bible is is the Bible book uh, actually there was no Bible as we know it until four hundred or so um, no I know I look I read the Bible I've memorized the New Testament when I was seventeen I memorized a whole bunch of the Old Testament don't, I, don't get me wrong. I'm into it. I'm into it. But this book is not the Father. This book is not the Son, not the Holy Spirit. This book is not to the extension of the Trinity. I, in fact, I will not understand this book until I have met with wonderful... And when wonderful reveals himself to me, then I come and I discover a book. Not that I'm trying to find God in the book, but the book is revealing to me more and more about wonderful. But you meet him first. Do you remember the Pharisees? And Jesus said to them, you search the Scriptures. Oh, they sure did. They sure did. They memorized the entire Old Testament. You search the Scriptures, you bet. And if people don't agree with your interpretations, you cut them off, because you're right. You know how it goes. You search the Scriptures, because you think that in those Scriptures you will find eternal life, but you will not come to me, said Jesus. No, when I come to the Scripture, listen to them. Human beings wrote this scripture because they'd seen something of wonderful. And when you think about that, now read the scripture and you will realize the scriptures are written by amazed, wondering people who never got over their amazement. And when I believe jesus when i i believe into his faith when i trust him and the holy spirit ones me with his faith i become a wonder inside the wonderful one do do, do you get that you you believe he is he's the wonder he is god from god and yet God, who was stooped into and become one with our humanity, so he is my brother human. He is God inside human revealing to me. And I, I believe him. I trust him that he is the Word of God. I trust him. I trust what he believes about the Father. I trust what he believes about me and in that I become one with the wonderful one hmm. do, you, do you know what he says well okay in Isaiah chapter 8 it, it, it talks about um, I and the children God has given me and they those children shall be signs and wonders Well, in Hebrews chapter 2, he quotes that verse from Isaiah and says, it's us, Jesus, and we, the ones that are, are his. And so he is saying there that we, the children who share the same nature as Jesus, Jesus who shares the same nature with us, we are signs and wonders. Yes, I'm talking to you. I mean... There's some dear people, I've met them on our retreats, and in their estimation, they're sort of nobodies, not really. They look in awe at those who have some public ministry. They look even in wonder at a deacon, because they can't even, I mean, they're just little old you. If you've heard what i'm saying there's no such thing as little old you you are a sign and a wonder because you are participating in the very life of wonderful you have connected by god's grace into his life that came into our humanity and you have actually partaken of participate in that life and that is called eternal life the life that is god life inside humanity that that's who you are and and i i want you to get who you are for me it would be sitting out there on my porch and visiting with the Holy Spirit, that he might open my eyes and be my teacher. And and we just uh, converse over a cup of coffee. He's my guide into all truth. And then he gives me the revelation and shows me that I'm, I'm a sign and a wonder. In my unknownness, I am known to the Trinity. I am known as one participating in the wonderful. Obviously, religion is offended by wonder. i tell you the main reason is <laughs> you can't control wonder. <laughs> You've lost control just for starters. And of course, I've said it again, your old belief systems are shredded and scattered to the wind. And so religion is offended by wonder. And you might have noticed that when you had a moment of wonder, two deacons took you out of the church because it was upsetting everybody. Someone's getting excited here. Um, I, I remember someone telling me how when they were very young teenager and they were baptized and as they came out of the waters of baptism they were shouting praise to god they caught a glimpse of wonderful and they put a towel over their head and they rushed them downstairs and told them never do that again no religion is very offended by a glimpse of wonderful religion shakes in its shoes because they know it's the end of us if wonderful ever gets here no, Jesus, the lion of the tribe of Judah. <laughs> you can't cage him. Can't, he's not a tame lion. He's not a circus lion doing religious tricks on a Sunday morning. Hmm. I think I've told you before, when I was in the jungle in Zimbabwe and we drove into the little town of Victoria uh, which is right in the middle of the jungle, and, and yet it's got paved streets. Uh, for, well, that's not the story, but um, we, we drove in to, into the town of Victoria, and we're, we're driving well into the town, and I suddenly see this lion walking on the sidewalk. He just wandered in from the jungle, and, and I, 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 you know... The lion, the king of the beasts, and I caught the wonder of it. Saw his mane and the way he loped along. It it was a wonder, yeah. I'd never seen a lion like that. It was in my early days in Africa. I I was to see a lot, but not—this was my first. And, And then when I got back to the States and I went to the zoo, and we still remembering that lion that loped along beside our Land Rover. I went into the lion house. Sort of the memory urged me in. And there I saw this pathetic yellow creature humped in the side of the cage where his keepers would come and prod him to get up so all the gawking tourists could see the thing. And they fed him betimes. And and I was so disgusted. This parody of a lion. And I realized then, the lion of Judah. He comes where he comes. He needs no keepers. You don't have to prod him. But some places we think we've caged him. And we bring him out on show on Sunday morning. No, that's not that's not Jesus. He's the wonderful that almost stops the jeep for the wonder. Revealed inside our in- in- humanity. So the gospel is the good news of a great joy, said the angels. It is to all mankind. It's the news of wonder, for you shall find a baby wrapped in strips of cloth and he is none other than the creator i am messiah and he has joined us in order to share with us the love of god which is beyond all comprehension without limits without boundaries unconditional bestowed upon all Beyond all formulas, psychiatrists can't tell you what it is and and scientists don't have a clue because, well, they don't. It is the news that God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, they are fulfilled in our being taken into the arms of their love, accepted and known as the children of God. That is wonderful. And I will quit there and pray that the eyes of our... Well, I tell you what, Elisha, Elisha, when they were coming to get him and the armies surrounded the city, and Elisha seemed completely undisturbed because he saw beyond into the realm beyond our earthly realm he saw the surrounding the soldiers who had come to get him was a vast army of God's angels and his young servant was all disturbed and said we're done with there's no way out and all Elisha said was Lord open the young man's eyes and I look at people who who are caught up in dull, boring, dead religion that has no effect whatsoever on their daily life. And I find the compassion of God moves within me and I say, open their eyes that they may see wonderful. Another blessing of God who is almighty love who is the infinite wonderful, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. May his wonderful blessing embrace you, fill every part of your being, send all old beliefs into disarray, and bring you to the faith that is in Jesus Christ the Lord. So I now bless you, and bless you day by day, month by month, that you shall never cease in seeing wonderful. And that's the way it is.